Curated, a designer podcast. Welcome back to Curated. We recently had the pleasure of interviewing the team at Heights House, which is a luxury nine-room boutique hotel and event venue in a restored 1858 mansion located here in downtown Raleigh. We chatted with owner Sarah Shepard and her designer, Brian Costello, to learn more about how this passionate idea turned into a beautifully designed space. Yeah, this actually was our first in-person interview, which was awesome to do now that things are opening up and I just felt like we were so lucky to get a personal tour from the designer himself. So a little history about it. It was originally called Montfort Hall. They changed it to Heights House Hotel. Um, And as Dina just said, it was um, from 1858 and was actually built for William Montfort Boylan. Um, And it's in the Boylan Heights district. And he apparently was a party boy. So this Um, house is huge and has huge parlors and is great for entertaining. So I think the space is going to be really cool once they, you know, start opening up to the public. Um, Sarah mentions in the interview that she'll, you know, they're looking into doing like pre-dinner cocktails, post-dinner cocktails. So it should be a really cool place for everybody to get to see whether you're staying there or not. I loved all the different types of rooms, the different styles. Every room is is special in its own way and has its own design. So it was nice seeing a few of those and the different personalities. Yeah, the um, the designer, Brian Costello, he, he was talking about the paint color choices, which I found really interesting. This was on the tour, not in the interview. And um, he said the smaller the room, the darker paint color he used. He wanted it to feel really cozy. And um, I've always heard like the opposite, that you're supposed to kind of lighten things up to make rooms feel bigger. So I thought that was a great take and a cool little design lesson. Yeah, it was awesome. And we're also going to be posting some of their professional photography on our Instagram. So we'll have those up live in time for this episode so that you could see some of the the pictures and some of the rooms that we're talking about during the interview. Yeah, so definitely um, take a listen, enjoy. We asked all the design questions that you've been itching to know about this place. And then it's definitely a perfect spot for a staycation. They have old original rooms and then they have a new addition. Um, I think it's like four or six rooms that they built out and they just have such personality. I, can't, I don't know what I like better, the older, the new. They're both so awesome. It's such a perfect mesh of the two. It's it They they nailed the design. So yeah, they did a great job. Can't wait for all of you to, to see it and hear more about it. We don't expect you to repeat everything you've had to, all the stories you've had to tell. We um, luckily got to learn a little bit about how you found the space and what inspired you and how it spoke to you. So we're going to get into like the nitty gritty design stuff, the process, how you chose to work with Brian um, and obstacles that you came across as you were doing this. So, So first and foremost, I think we were interested to learn about your background, Sarah, and how you ended up in Raleigh and I know that you really love Raleigh, so I'm curious to hear about how you ended up here. Yeah, um, gosh, how did I end up here? Mostly from Ohio, Midwest, and but my dad was military, so I kind of grew up all over, and my family loves to travel. Um, ended up in college in Kentucky, and then I moved to California for a few years, but my family started migrating to North Carolina. Uh, my uncle, my mom, my sisters, and I was kind of going around the West Coast, and visited once and I was like, this is 
this is kind of cool and a lot smaller, smaller. <clears throat> like 11 12 years ago okay um the smallest place i've ever lived and but i just i visited once then i made the move and never looked back um there was a point where I didn't want to stay. I think it was like the hottest summer we ever had on record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then was it like 30 degrees the next day? But no, I love Raleigh. I think as so many people also can relate is the people here are so, I know that's, I feel like everyone says that about where they live, but like, I feel like the people here are so special. Yeah. Um, and we just met so many great friends and there's so many amazing business owners here. Um, that you you're not necessarily from here, but yeah. you had a chance to see Raleigh really grow and shine. Changed, you know, the last ten years, um, and I've only lived literally within like a half mile radius <laughs> this whole entire yeah. time. Yes, I was listening. I can't remember where you said something about your husband. When you guys met, he lived out yes. of the Beltline. Yes, OTB. Um, that was a deal breaker. <laughs> well, it was at the time. You made him yeah. feel right. Because I mean, he really cared, but I never really like explored that past. Yeah, yeah, he quickly moved. <laughs> so when you moved here, did you start working right away? Did you move your four job? No, I didn't. I, um, I, my background is actually psychology, and really to like go in the direction I wanted with that, I needed to go back to school and I didn't want to commit to that. So I was kind of doing odd jobs for a while and then I found my way into the tech industry, working for a small company in Cary and then I went to Citrix, which is just a couple blocks from here, um, doing product management and event planning for them. And it was, I think it was a five year, almost five years, um, loved it, loved the people. I realized quickly I was not a nine to fiver. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I always knew that, but it was, I learned invaluable things there just about business and business development and starting a business. You know, I had a really great mentor, um, Jess Litson, who, if you're all familiar, he was started Sharefile. Yeah. yeah. So just bought it and he started another company, Levitate. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, I've had a chance to meet her. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, so they, they're really inspiring just to like be around people like that. And there was this huge entrepreneurship like fire there because of Jess. And that had always been like a tiny fire in me. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's firing. Um, and then I think it grew as I was there. I had written a couple of business plans before that for different things that obviously didn't pan out. And then um, just being in this neighborhood and walking by the house, it just the house more spoke to the business idea. And it was really like a, this would be cool. It'll never happen. And then Jeff and I were like, mm-hmm, should I like write a plan and like figure it out? And I was, I was pretty unhappy. Again, not like with what I was doing, but necessarily with like the nine to five. I didn't feel purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of fell into place. I feel like it was a lot of luck. I mean, a lot of hard work, but also a lot of luck just yeah. in terms of like how things panned out and like how we found our investment partners and how we connected with Brian and how it just like fell into place and how we bought the house. Um, if you were in tune with that too, though. Yeah. When you have that little fire. Yeah. If you're open to 
possibility of it happening. You see when the, the doors open, it did. Yeah. yeah. It feels so great go. when the stars align, like you know it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt that way. And not to say there weren't hurdles or roadblocks, there's a lot of them. <laughs> so I'm happy to share, but, you know, just the persistence and the support we had of all the people we got involved. Made a magic work. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, Brian, how? What's your Raleigh story? Have you? Are you a Raleigh native? Uh, originally grew up in Kernersville, in the Tweedens, Greensboro, um, and uh, moved to Raleigh in 2006 after finding out quickly that college wasn't my thing. I went to Appalachian State for a couple years. And were you studying design there? No, I was um, communication and advertising. Um, kind of always knew I would. Do something creative and yeah. visual, um, but for the longest time, thought that was going to be on screen doing graphic or, or ads or something like that. But um, realized that that was not the game for me. Moved to Raleigh in 2006, had some family and friends here. Um, and that's when I started to get to know Raleigh. It was six years of working in bars, writing music doing freelance graphic design. Um, it was still a really, really small town then. And, uh, and so you could, you could be a kid on your bike downtown and, yeah. and uh, go to all the bars and do that every week and it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so I spent a lot of time getting, getting to know the city of that and, and meeting so many amazing people. And then um, went off to Austin, Texas for uh, almost five years. Uh, moved there blind um, just for a new adventure. Uh, to, to try to figure out what I wanted to do with life. And, and that sparked this whole thing. So the time in Texas was big. So it's definitely in North Carolina, yeah. it's Texas. Um, Glad you found your way back. Story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got an antique vintage there. Yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah. how did you start that? How does that even start? Yeah, moved there blind, um, was looking for jobs and striking out left and right. Uh, got really just irritated one night and um, uh, my partner and I at the time went on a walk and literally saw a, uh, a help wanted sign in the window of Uncommon Objects, which is a um, antique and curiosity shop uh, on South Congress in Austin. And it's one of the most wonderful antique shops in the world. It's uh, incredible vendors, highly curated uh, folk art collectors and specialists in jewelry and primitive furniture and all these things. And I just got a job working the, the, the register, but met Steve Wyman, who's the owner, and, um, and he gave me this four-year crash course in the history of objects and the beauty of things and natural wear and texture and color and how to use those things in space. This was a highly curated shop, um, and I got to meet interior designers that would come shop us and movie prop people. They would all come to find the things that they needed. And so I just got sparked, I think, in that way. Mm -hmm. I, I suddenly realized that I love the use of, of beautiful things in space yeah. and the relationship together. Who um, needs college when you have that kind of college? Well, <laughs> the joke is that the, the Uncommon Objects has been called the graduate school of junk um, yeah. over and over again. And it's because of that. Uh, people go there and learn. And, and a lot of the people that have worked there have gone on to do some really amazing things. Um, you being one of them. I'm getting started now. Uh, yeah, and so that that sparked the interest. And then I came back to Raleigh. I had an opportunity to open my own shop here. 
and I knew so many wonderful people here and plugged back into the network and decided it was time to do that in a town that was big enough to get seen in Austin's difficult to start your own thing. And, yeah. Um, came back here and, and got going and ran a shop. What was the name of your what is your it name? was Holder Home. Um, and uh, we did that for about almost five years. Okay. Was it downtown? Or it was right beside Bolton Bread Bakery on South Street, right, oh, right down okay. the street from here and, and from where Sarah lives. Um, and uh, it was art gallery, it was antique vintage, it was home goods all mixed together. It was whatever we were feeling at any given time. And yeah. um, we did that for a while. And uh, it started to lead to this sort of thing. People yeah. started to want more specific help yeah. mm -hmm. in their homes and in their projects. And so I started taking on freelance work. And that's Sarah. Sorry, that was long-winded. No, no, that's, that's great. Thanks. Thanks. So <clears throat> do you dabble in both residential and commercial? Yes, or? absolutely. Okay. Do you have a favorite? No. <laughs> um, well, you know, this this is the perfect example of that. Yeah. This is a home. This is commercial. Yeah, right. This is public, but it's absolutely a house. And, uh, and it has both attitudes. Um, I'm working on both residential and commercial outside of this now too. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what's, I think it's not about the, the project, it's about the, the client yeah, and, and sure. about the spirit of the, the thing you're building. If everybody's on the same page, then, then either can be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Curated is sponsored by Bridgepoint General Contracting. Bridgepoint is a woman-owned, hub-certified commercial contractor serving the greater Triangle area, specializing in building renovations, office fit-ups, labs, healthcare, and restaurants. Visit bridgepointnc.com to learn more and inquire about your next construction project. Bridgepoint, building trust by delivering results. So did you have any challenges with designing a space that feels very residential, but having to make sure that it functions commercially, like oh, looking okay. at, you know, high traffic use products and sustainability and things that can be easily cleaned and making sure that it's functional to serve people more than just one or two friends, you know, for dinner or for drinks. Yeah. It's a full-blown saying. Yeah. It's, and because this is a mix, right? Because this is truly the hybrid of commercial and, and residential feeling. Um, you had to, we had to blur that line a lot, I think, for the systems, for like the house systems, the, the sprinkler system and, and the new HVAC and all that. Sarah and Jeff dealt with all sorts of construction challenges to make sure that they functioned at that high level of hospitality, right. but disappeared. This, I was gonna say, not go away. Because that's, and that's a big design point that, that they and our and builders should get a lot of credit for. Um, you know, at one point we had giant, giant, giant pipes running through this house because the sprinkler system. But yes, we did talk about like all the, you know, wear and tear that things would get and, um, it was a lot of our conversations, I think. Yeah. Just materials. You can't be you can't design just for that. So yeah. where's the where's the line? Right. Like yeah. you know, we want this to be a space that you walk into and that people immediately respect yeah. um, because of the heart that was put into it. And with that respect comes hopefully for the most part a gentle attitude with the house. Um, we want this to feel like your home and yeah. what would you do with your own home? And then it's absolutely a hotel too, so it's <laughs> gonna take wear and tear. So yeah, it's it's a mix of the floors got redone and, and sealed and the, some of the vintage uh, rugs are a good example of things that can take a beating over time. Um, this is their only non-vintage rug in the house. Um, this is uh, from Nordic Knots. They're amazing. 
and his butt is 100% wool and hardy and theoretically easier to clean than most new rugs. Yeah, it's um, inherently. Yeah, for this stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is a pretty hardy fabric. Yeah. Um, I love this stuff so much. Yeah. This is the only time they've made a sofa in this in this fabric. I wish our listeners could see the room that we're sitting in right now. <laughs> we're we're sitting, pictures on Instagram. We are yeah. sitting on the Tuccini Cezanne, designed in the late 1970s. Uh, by Italian designer Gio Franco, Gio Franco Frattini, um, and they're low and curvy and slumpy. Yeah. They look they were like when they first came in. I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I was like dead some of these couches. Brian showed me a million. I was like, yeah, love these. But then they came back and said, they don't look very comfy. And I sat in it. So on that note, I guess you on the tour you talked a little bit about trying to bring Italian elements in without being too obvious. Yeah. So do you want to expand on some of your favorite pieces and kind of how you did that? Yeah, um, the house is Italianate style architecture, so it's important to us to have these echoes of Italy through the house without being too on the obvious. And that really is just listening to the architecture. We were given this beautiful space with giant arched windows and curved niches and round details. It's very upright. I'm trying to be very descriptive for your listeners. Here. Yeah, 14-foot <laughs> ceilings, and um, it's not elaborate and intricate design, but it's it's large and smooth and curvy. It's not um, it's not too busy. And so the idea is to echo that in some of the pieces, like we talked about. So these sofas are a great example. They're late '70s Italian design that have those curves and those shapes. Downstairs um, in the lower lounge, we have another uh, Italian sofa that echoes those shapes. Um, other Italian pieces do we have in here? I mentioned the paint is a big, is a fun one for me. We have some paint on the wall that's a metallic gold from an Italian company in the 1830s called Valero. Um, our graphic designer, Paul Torto, is is Italian. Uh, and that was really important, honestly, because um, he has such a, a good attitude about Italian influence and such a knowledge and um, and was able to turn that into really cool branding for us that that whispered Italy but didn't scream it. Well, we also did like I think linens. I know that really old Italian company. Our glassware. Glassware. Like little things that just maybe people wouldn't know that, but like we do, and it yeah. kind of just like echoes with the house yeah. decors and mm-hmm. designs. Um, Bringing yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's so many more things that are like. No, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Even the bathrooms, they feel very yeah. European yeah. things, even though those are custom made. It's right. still, it still nods to the vibe that you're giving on, mm-hmm. which is really stunning. The mixed materials do that. That mm-hmm. feels European in a way. Yeah. Um, we tried to, part of the design theory for the house was maintaining tight color palettes, but pushing how many materials you used within the palette to create visual depth and texture. Mm-hmm. So the bathrooms and the Historic rooms are a really great example of that. There's two different colors of matte concrete tile in every bathroom. There's a custom stone sink that's another texture. There's usually a marble ledge, which is another texture. Um, and you just get these layers of a, of a single color palette. And I think it makes it feel like it's been there for mm-hmm. a long time, which is important in a house like this to find the balance well, you're adding new of old yeah. and new. Yeah. And, you're, and you got to find that equilibrium um, so that things that you choose for the house wear beautifully and the age of the house over time. 
I love that approach. And I think there are so many special moments throughout that are so subtle, you don't even realize why a space feels so good until you start looking at the details. So I think you nailed it, yeah. So going back in time a little bit, after you decided to start this hotel and you found this house and everything sort of worked along the way, how did you choose your partners? So you've got this amazing designer, Brian Costello, um, Mauer Architecture, and then Greg Paul Builders. As you were looking for partners to build this space with you, did you interview? Did you, like, what would, did that process look like for you? Because in our world, in the commercial world, there are, you know, very serious RFPs and RFQs, and there's a process, and I'm excited to hear yeah, yours. it was... Um, you know, this, we've never done this before, Jeff and I, so we knew we needed to find people that knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Um, yeah, and we knew this was a very unique project, um, not only it being a national and um, local historic um, property, but that it was so personal to us, um, and we wanted to really do right by the house and our community. So I think we started with the architect and we did interview a few. And there's only a few locally that really have done a lot of historic work. Um, so that narrowed our search very well. Um, so we interviewed a few and, you know, David Maurer and his team are have done so much amazing things downtown and, and around the state. I mean, they work everywhere. Uh, and he lives a couple blocks away and had a great admiration for the house already. And then um, the other lead architect for the project, Lloyd Jackson on his team, he's a partner there. Um, I'll never forget the first day I met her. We met at the back of the house and she was like almost in tears. She's so like, good. I didn't sleep last night because I was so excited Aww. to see this house. Aww, and I was like, that's the kind of energy I need. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And she's amazing. We had the best working relationship. It's crazy to think we've worked with them for like, since 2018? No, even before that. Before we, uh, yeah, so, you know, they're family now. And then after that, we interviewed several builders, um, again, that had worked. You know, we interviewed one that was like a very big, more commercial, um, Builder, and then there was two smaller local ones that had done a lot of historic work. And you know, Greg he is has done also so much amazing work, and also really loved this house. You know, almost the same in a different way than Lori, but um, it was I don't know. It was, it was a hard decision, but um, ultimately the best thing for us. And Greg's at the end of um, you know he wants to retire soon. He really wanted. He was here almost every day and he loved working with him, which is unusual. Generally, like the main owner of the right. company is not the general yeah. contractor, like they have other people. So um, it was great to work with him. And then I think in the midst of that is when I was trying to figure out the interior design part of it. And for like maybe a minute, I was like, I could do this by myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do love interior design. I was like, and then I was like, hmm, yeah, this feels extremely overwhelming. <laughs> and like, and go and just to how Brian and I met, you know, we lived like a block from his shop, 
time over. And so we had become friends. Um, and I knew he was starting to like dabble in interior design. Um, and I, you know, we talked to a lot of big designers before I even asked Brian about it, like big names that you would know. And I, and they, they're all great designers, really expensive. And they all were very adamant on it being like completely like them doing it. Like getting your input, but then like it's all, mm -hmm. they don't really want it to be collaborative, which I think works for some people, but this was such a personal project. I had a vision too. I just needed a partner that I could do it with. Yeah. And then Jeff and I were just talking, I was like, I wonder if Brian would be interested. <laughs> and then I don't even know when I brought it up to you. I think it was in the shop one day. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it was like an instant, like, oh, this makes sense. And we talked about the vision and the plan and- um, Lucky me. Yeah. yeah. Lucky me. And we've Great gotten choice. to know each other through the shop. I mean, yeah. Come down to the bakery every weekend and pop in on me and yeah. check out what I was doing. And we got to know each other over the course of a couple of years, I guess, yeah. in and out. Um, and yeah, uh, lucky, lucky me. Mm -hmm. I, I just looked at a video yesterday. I was going through old photos and things of um, our first sort of real design meeting mm -hmm. uh, where we get the whiteboard out and <laughs> we're talking about who we are. And I think that <clears throat> is. Uh, is uh, one of Sarah's strengths was when she talks about building this team, it's picking people who care a lot about it, who want the back and forth, who want to be invested in the story that they're building, not just a, a business. And um, and so it became a really healthy, fun. Yeah. What well, you said, I was like, you know? I want to be very collaborative. It wouldn't be any other way. How, yeah, how could you? <laughs> I'm like, okay. personal to yeah. not do that way, you know? Yeah, but Brian definitely let it. Like, I was like, you know, our design was beginning. I was like, this is what, what I think and feel, how we want people to feel in here. And then Brian was great at taking that, making, you know, vision boards and, and be like, what do you think of this? And like, I, I just, I have it in my head. I, but I'm not a, like, I, don't know, I, I just, it was so great to have someone that could take what I was, um saying and then make it like yeah you're turning it into what yeah you were kind of thinking that's how these projects should be yeah absolutely should, general yeah. design should always, always be that be way. collaboration I always do a big exploration with the client right up front day one is who are you what is the what is your personality of your project what is it trying to speak to to lead how you're going to use it and what once you get those beautiful flowery terms of who you are and who you're trying to reflect uh, how do those things translate into physical material and, and space. So it was a great balance is, you know, pushing me a little bit to out of what I, you know, out of my little Yeah, so, super fun. Well, you guys, I mean, the feeling you, when you even approach the house, I mean, it's just, you can feel the heart and the love that went into this and the space feels so amazing. Like, I don't want to leave. Can I stay? <laughs> I know, you're saying that's another room. That was the point. <laughs> so I, I do feel like definitely um, each room feels like a feeling, like you want a person to feel a certain way in this place. And, and that's what designers are great for. Designers are great for, <laughs> for taking that and, and turning it into actual materials that give you that feeling. So bravo, it's beautiful.
Um, and then some of the custom pieces. Let's talk about that. Oh yeah, I had, I have to shout out our friend Logan. <laughs> I had a quick conversation with him this morning and I, I actually learned about Heights House through his Instagram. He would post these cool pictures of like the reception desk and the yes. credenza in the um, breakfast area. And that's how I found your Instagram and Brian's. Um, so it was cool to hear from him, his experience working with you guys. And I was telling Brian earlier, he, he said this so well this morning. He said that he had an initial concept and you guys took it and turned things into beautiful pieces of art and he's loved to see how it's evolved. So love, love wanted to shout him out. He's a good he friend of ours. Yeah. He was a pivotal person in the beginning when he was still in power. Um, helping us with all kinds of things. I mean, these are his designs of the bar and beautiful. Okay, and the reception desk and color and he he had a role in a lot of stuff. He was wonderful. But yeah, we organized the space in our minds a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, which is so important. Yeah. Going back to the collaboration, yeah. you need these different minds Absolutely. and thoughts to come together to create one yeah beautiful showpiece. Absolutely. So. Yeah, but yeah, the tactile pieces that he designed, did the drawings for, those were three custom pieces by tactile. Um, those were our big custom pieces. What else was custom? Those are the three like standout mm -hmm. pieces and, and just for your listeners, they all have the same mm -hmm. material and this tamper cladding with the dark stain, each has a different top and each has, has a different function. So we've got the parlor bar, the dining room buffet and the reception welcome desk and they all have the same attitude but different shapes and functions and um that's such an important thread of continuity mm -hmm. through the space and that was all logan's initial design and mm -hmm. yeah tactile built it eidolon design helped mm -hmm. um, there are a few hands on it because they're so cool and they feel like they could have been here for a long time yeah, exactly. they've got a gravity even though they're new mm -hmm. uh, we're working on a working on a really beautiful custom coffee table for right here where we're sitting. Um, so eventually this will be another custom piece by a local designer, Evan Leitner. He's so talented. Um, I'm very excited about that piece that will come uh, in a, a couple months probably. Vases. The vases. Oh, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> so all of these beautiful soft hand-built vases are made by Monica John and um, she's a local uh, hand-built hand potter. And uh, her company's called Nello, Nello, Nello Ceramics and uh, N-U-L-L-O. And she was great. I think I caught her at a great time where she was experimenting and, um, and was willing to listen to my weird ideas about how I want the, <laughs> wanted them to feel like Grecian or Roman amphora style vases, but still be modern. And yeah. um, she worked up a bunch for us. The ones upstairs in the rotunda are really special. They have that classic shape. Um, and then to add to that, each dried insulation, you know, floral insulation inside is um, feature flora, our friend Dina. Um, so all of, all of these pieces are kind of custom built together mm -hmm. uh, as, as standalone art. And um, they are two very, very talented women. Mm -hmm. Well, Monica nailed it because I was thinking as I looked at the vase that it reminded me of like Roman mm -hmm. statues. Yeah. 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 She took my napkin sketches and um, Very fixed them you know, <laughs> and, uh, and made it feel really good. Um, 
yeah, we have to cut two custom pieces of art in the mm -hmm. parlor and the library that speak to each other. This local artist, Tim Livinenko, um, who's done some incredible work in town. And uh, he created sort of a, a dueling moons piece for us. There's like a nighttime and a daytime attitude to each. Um, and there are images of the moon with a lot of texture that mirrors the soft walls that we have in here with the plaster and the lime wash. So working with artists to do pieces like this that speak site-specific yeah. and attitude-specific is maybe my favorite part of my job. Yeah, it's all in the details, yeah. it sounds like. Every little thing was thought out. Mm -hmm. I love working with all these people so much. It takes a village. Yeah. And it's cool that so many artists have their, yeah. you know, touch in yeah. here. Carla Weeks is another one to mention. Uh, I'm sure I'll miss some. Uh, <laughs> but Carla uh, came down from Philadelphia to paint our our guest services room, which looks like wallpaper, but it's not. <laughs> it's this beautiful hand hand painted mural um, pattern that echoes the shapes of our house and our branding. She is incredible. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I love I love that part of the job. Yeah, so that's yeah. one of my favorite piece. So yeah, it's pretty part wise. Yeah. What was your favorite process within the design process? At what point were you like, this is the best day ever? I love what I'm doing. <laughs> And you just felt the most accomplished. Anytime something showed up on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I wasn't like, right, where is this thing that was supposed to be four months ago? Late? Yeah. Yeah. It's just what we're dealing with this past couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about? What? I feel like for me, it was probably honestly the lime wash. Like we spent such a long time choosing the right colors, which I feel like when they were on the walls finally it was like the house personality kind of came to life and so i think seeing that applied and walking in and, and being like oh these are all the colors we chose and this feels right was a pretty awesome Big moment time. yeah um what was the first room to get painted i don't remember where first room to get lime washed i think it was what, some of the bedrooms maybe yeah it was wild to see that happen because yeah. a lot of people have seen the before photos and mm -hmm. we, we touched on this a little bit. There are these gorgeous moments of layered color and falling plaster yeah. and cracked walls, stuff yeah. that you wish you could just live with, yeah. um, but you can't. Yeah. And then adding back <laughs> yeah. in the texture yeah. and being like, okay. Yeah. 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 It was big. Was it hard to pick the exterior paint color? Honestly, we have to talk about Logan again. That was probably his. He had a big hand in that. Really started on that. He's a trendsetter. Sherwin <laughs> Williams just loved his taste. I know. <laughs> I mean, it was God, it stared yeah. samples outside probably for like a month, and we were really going back between this dark with light trim or light dark trim. Um, and in my gut, I just, you know, there's the beautiful Merriman Wynn house. It's very iconic and similar to us, but not similar, but like, you know, it's a wedding venue. Right. It's white. And I was like, do we want to do white too? I feel like we need to, and there's a white house next door. Just didn't feel like us. Um, so there was a couple dark options that we landed on the Irving Grounds. But Sherman Williams, and then a couple weeks later, saw that <laughs> they picked it as their color of the year. I was like, was I that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. It was totally. Um, I think it was the right choice. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. But it was a hard, that was probably one of the hardest decisions. It was very Big deal. It's very grand. So, first yeah. thing I see. I thought we all were kind of on the same page with the dark. It was we're, just a matter of which one. And then, you know, 
House on the Hill, I definitely wanted dark for a long time, but yeah, it was really difficult to figure out which because too dark is odd. Yeah. And uh, the reason this color works so well um, was a not sponsored Sherwin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can sponsor it. The color is gray, but it's not. It has undertones of brown and green, mm. it reflects the grounds, and when it's a sunny day, it feels like a stone on the property. It feels uh, lived and, and, and reflective of the grounds, which is cool. And then paired it with a nice soft white or off off white uh, for some of the trim and then did a little band of, of almost a sandstone pink inside the windows um, to create a little more depth. And the material underneath the, the wide bands on the outside of the windows is sandstone. So there's a little hint there that there was sandstone underneath. It's probably a good time. If people are curious, I actually didn't want to paint it. We wanted it was originally just brick um, when it was first built. They didn't paint it, and I wanted it to be just raw brick. I think we tried 17 different things to try to get off the paint. There were so many layers, and one of them was a cement-based paint, and we could get it off, but it pulled off the top of the brick. Um, so ultimately we had to paint it, which it's beautiful. Um, it was a great runner up uh, yeah. <laughs> choice, yeah. but we did really want the same brick. There's a lot of testing to make sure that wasn't an option, yeah. which I think is important. Yeah, it definitely works though. Yes. Yeah. Haley and I walked up this morning and we were both just like, <gasps> <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So I have an interesting question. So going back in time, just for our listeners, I think we already mentioned that this house was built in 1858 um, for William Montfort Boylan. And in, a, in an interview, your husband Jeff describes him a little bit as an entertainer. He liked to have fun. He was a very jovial man. And he was into more of the having fun versus the business side of things. So I'm curious to know if you could tour him through <laughs> the space today, what room would you be most excited to share with him? And, and where where would you start on your tour? That's a fun question. Probably the parlor. <laughs> the yeah, parlor. We're kind of sitting in yeah. it, right? I think well, the action happened here. I don't know if Brian mentioned this, but the front four rooms, which have really never changed um, in terms of the layout, are we are using them as they were originally used by him. Um, we have the original floor plans, and this was the common room that we're in, and that was the parlor, library, dining room. So I think probably going through these four rooms and knowing that he was a bit of a partier, he'd probably start in the parlor. Mm -hmm. The dining room. Yeah. We'd like to know what dinner parties were like here. Yeah. 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 We've got yeah, a couple so far and we're getting warmed up, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So if you're using this the way it was intended, then he's probably pretty happy with what yeah. you guys are doing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think so. Rolling over? Okay. So. Oh yeah. So dream guest, if you could choose yeah, anyone, uh, anywhere, yeah. to stay here. <laughs> I mean, I have I have some in my head, but I know it's one of those we should have teed up I for know. you guys. We yeah. just talked about this morning. But I'm also curious to know what your answer would be on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so now living, whatever, right? Now living, yeah. now oh, living, yeah. yeah. Anybody, anyone. I think I'd want someone that would appreciate it. Like I have people that like I would just want to come stay, but like someone that would appreciate the house, its history, the design, 
Yeah, I'd be too nervous to have anybody. Anybody? <laughs> I, I, the, this is more of a blanket answer just to what I'm thinking here, but I, I think about um, other creative communities mm -hmm. that aren't in design. Like, I want musicians to come. Yeah, we talk about a lot of musicians. musicians. <laughs> so I, I have some connections to music. My partner, Donna, who works here, has some connections to music, and we all love music. Um, and to have touring bands come through and have a place. Oh, yeah. Um, we talked about that a lot. That's special yeah. and that we could host cool. and, and, and take care of them as they come share their stuff with us uh, mm -hmm. is really appealing to me. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we just love that world and, and it'd be very cool to see the two the meet. Two me, yeah. yeah. I mean, drop a name, maybe they'll hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say here's Billie Eilish. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. I love her. Yeah. That'd be great. I think this would be so good for one of her like photo shoots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we should tag her and do you have any projects on the horizon like now that you've done this are you just like hungry for more <laughs> don't look at me no i think all that brian grew up is that i think jeff and i have dreams of doing something like this again if this is successful when it's successful um, you know doing it somewhere else in a different city, different country. Yeah. Um, but no, I want to rest. Yeah. But I'm hoping that this has, you know, launched Brian and his career. And I know that he's he's got lots of things on the horizon. I want them to do another one too. When this one cools to the touch a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's still hot. And uh, and for listeners who don't know, Sarah and Jeff have done this entire project while having their first child, they have another on the way. Yeah. And Adopted a dog, got a dog. And Jeff still has a Jeff has a full time jobs. job. Yeah. Um, Sarah quit her her full time gig to do this, and um, and so they need to sleep definitely for <laughs> six months or so. You guys are definitely inspiring. But was it hard to take the leap and quit, or was it the right time? Like, how did that hold? It's not hard. <laughs> 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 um, honestly, I. I could have worked there a little bit longer. I think I quit in 2019, and you know we just opened a few months ago. But I wanted to be here to project manage it, um, and not just kind of do it 20%. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was really needed, even you know going to one, wanting them, you know. Um, but it was worth it, and wasn't hard to do. <laughs> um, where would you, where I'm gonna ask a question. Uh, if right now somebody said, here are the means to do number two, where would you do it? You ask it, right? I wanna know. Again, <laughs> he wants it on record, he wants it on, on, on the internet. On the internet. I, I, have, I have like two places I really would love to do this. Well, Jeff and I have always wanted to live one day in the British Columbia area. Um, so either there, we also love Northern Italy. That's probably one of my favorite places in the world. Um, although, yeah, those would be mine too. Those are great choices. Yeah. 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 Ryan, were you able to work on anything else as, as you were working on this project? Yeah, this was definitely the, the primary force, especially for the last half of the project. Um, but yes, I've got a couple uh, private residential um, projects which I love so much. Um, 
beautiful house here in town. It's really kind of where I got my foot in the door. Um, there's a beautiful 1916 brick front with a modern extension on the back that I've gotten to work on over the years slowly and uh, kind of still working on. And, and uh, that's a really fun one. Uh, I have a commercial project in Georgetown in DC, which is wildly different. And I love that relationship too. Um, it's, a, it's a nonprofit office building, four story that's getting gutted and renovated. And, the, um, the client is an art collector and has great taste too. And uh, so that's a really fun excuse to build a world-class um, office for these for this nonprofit. Um, and they do beautiful work fighting malnutrition all over the world. Wow, um, so helping them build that and having the art be driven by their message and having mm -hmm. them do all the art in the space. Uh, yeah, so I've got that. And then I decided to sign a couple more residential clients. Um, but the most exciting thing, like regardless of the project, the most exciting thing is I'm getting to meet people who are brave in their their decision making process, and and those are the clients that I want the most. I want the Sarah and Jeffs because they have a vision, they are willing to trust people um, that are good at what they do and listen to new ideas uh, with open minds. And I'm starting to meet more of those people, and that that's the stuff. Um, I'm trying to create some weird fun yeah and that experiences interior designers can you know put these historic stuff on their resume so that's even a special yeah. even with the you know collecting you did beforehand i feel like that's a very niche thing you have yeah to very lucky to have this be my first public right. project um and how it connects to my history and antique vintage which mm -hmm. is just very sweet to me and um, and the other things i'm working on are much more modern so Getting to touch both right. um, in the first couple of years of, of freelance is, I feel insanely lucky. Um, and I, I hope it gives me an excuse to get weirder and wilder as we go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely, looking, I'm definitely looking for the next like, crazy public yeah. projects. Yeah. Have you had any weddings here yet since COVID? Our first weekend open. Yeah, that's the we're all like, yeah. I think you need to do like a Second marriage discount for for <laughs> brides that want to get remarried here because yes. of how beautiful it is. I mean, hey, probably. I walked into house. the yeah. <laughs> we walked into what room was it? Room okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. suite is like come to your vows. Bridal yes. dreams. Yes. Our so first weekend open with a twenty-five person uh, wedding. It was a great like get our feet wet. Yeah. And it was. Brian mentioned his partner Donna is our events manager, um, so she kind of drives that part of the business, and it worked really well. I mean, we learned a lot of things we don't want to do anymore, and yeah. <laughs> a lot of things that worked uh, didn't work. And we had a, a little elopement dinner last weekend that was really Aww. sweet, and maybe it takes part of the dinner. I can imagine that you you will have a lot of trial and error in the next yeah. oh yeah few months. Oh, yeah. This place will evolve, and, yeah. and the logistics of how you run it might evolve too. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, we're just, you know, lovers of unique spaces and travel. I mean, we love to travel and stay at places like this. Right. So yeah. it was like, we're just doing things that we would want to experience in a place yeah. to stay. Um, and we hope that, that other people like it. <laughs> so, as far as like opening to the public and being a space like, um, where someone could have a pre-dinner cocktail or something like that. Did you mention there's something downstairs? Another there's a there's a lower I'm calling it the lower lounge um, <laughs> unofficially. 
um, but there's a space down there that uh, Sarah can take this to. It's overflow for events. Okay. Uh, and I think, fingers crossed, in, in down the road, they can turn that into a public bar concept. It's ready to roll for that when the time comes. Awesome. That was our like, initial plan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we just didn't have the budget at the end. But we are going to open this parlor bar, hopefully in July. Um, for, for non-guests of the hotel. And it'll be pretty, you know, minimal hours, but like a before or after dinner cocktail, um, little small plates. So working on that programming now, it'll be just like a really lovely, small, delicious menu of good drinks. Yeah. Can't wait. The community <laughs> is gonna love that. Yeah, we'll be here first. Yes. <laughs> for that. Yeah, for sure. I, love one, like, yeah. I know, I think that's probably Absolutely. my most frequently asked question. Pollinator on social said, media. Can we come back for the same here? I'm like, I'm so sorry, not yet. Are like, you doing tours? Because I imagine people are dying to see the interior. Yes, yes. we can. I mean, we do a lot. Like our two weeks of soft opening, I had our, we let the neighborhood come through, and we did a couple other like media our people come through, but like. I wish we could give everyone a tour that wants to go. Just, yeah, it's like mainly just me and a few of our employees. So yeah, just come have a stay, come have a cocktail this summer. And, mm -hmm. um, well, we're so excited for you. I think the timing couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. You're, you've created such a beautiful staple in the community. And I think that with the way that Raleigh is growing, Heights House is going to be such an important part of downtown Raleigh. So I'm so excited and I think you guys nailed it. Thank you so much. Perfect.